back to another episode of Walk and Chew Gum, where we analyze the worldviews of some of the biggest things in pop culture. My name is GK. My name is James. How you doing? Good. I'm excited. James, we need to take a moment of silence for Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going there. No, we're not. We don't need to. I just, I just wanted to open with that because... <laughs> Because that was uh, the thing that happened. If you are unfamiliar with what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, you're not going to hear our take from that because we did not prepare for that. No. But look it up. It's it's interesting that that happened. But I am totally willing to have a conversation because I have my opinions about it. I'm not prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we won't do it. Here. That's why we won't do it. But today, thank you for joining us again, ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages. We are going to be talking about the Oscars because the Oscars just happened last week and maybe you got wind of it. Maybe something came across your desk or your social media feed is like, oh, hey, the Oscars is happening because that's just how award shows happen nowadays. It's like they're no longer big events. Nope. They're just like, hey, the Oscars is happening. So Or it's like it happened. Or it happened. Yep. And you may see some news about it mm-hmm. and then you're just wondering, hey, what happened? And What's going on? So we are going to be talking about the Oscars, but not in the way that you think. So the event in and of itself wasn't even that exciting. Honestly, It was uneventful. It was a standard award show, and it's probably good that nothing happened because if you are unfamiliar with what happened last year, big things happened. The slap. The slap. The resounded throughout the world. Yeah. Still talked about to this very day. In fact, you should watch Chris Rock's special where he talked about that very thing. Yes. So Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the at the Oscars of last year. Very fun to see. And it's also just really sad to see a man's career just spiral out of control. It's crazy because all these people's lives are all online. So you can kind of see the downward trajectory of where someone like Will Smith, who has been, he's very celebrated in our yeah. culture, just kind of fade into obscurity now. Yeah. Banned from the Oscars for a long time. A long time. But anyway, we're going to talk about the 2023 Oscars uh, just a little bit. But then we're just going to talk about some of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture. And so there were six of them that we watched. We kind of sped re- sped watched some of these. <laughs> they go watch. What do you mean sped watch? Like you watched it on like two time? No, sped watch isn't like I went from one movie one day to the next movie oh, yes. the other day. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really have a break. I think you did that too. I watched some of them starting like a while back because you told me that the Oscars were coming Right. So I was like, when I was working a storm, I was like, in the middle of the night, I was like, all right, I'm going to try watching 45 minutes of the Banshees. Yep. We're going to do that. So the movies that we're going to be talking about today are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Banshees of Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Top Gun Maverick, and Triangle of Sadness. So... If you care about spoilers for any of those movies, stop, stop, <laughs> stop here. Watch, watch them all and then come back and listen to this episode. But I'll be honest, some of these spoilers, I mean, do you really care about spoilers for Top Gun Maverick and Elvis? Like if you know, if you know anything about Elvis, there's no spoilers in Elvis. <laughs> so it's just an interesting take on his life. But there's some like everything everywhere all at once, which one best picture by the way, and there are some there's some fun stuff, but we'll talk about just the movie, our thoughts, some of the worldview implications therein. So let's get right into it, James. Um, let's go. So anything 
major about the Oscars in and of itself. So it was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel and it actually wasn't that bad. He didn't make some crazy jokes or anything. Yeah, but I would just say he's not a very good host. No, not really. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, people should have known that because he's also not a very good host of his own show. Yeah, yeah, it's just the decline of the late night host. It's been, they're all kind of in the same trajectory of, yeah. hey, we don't like a certain political party. We don't like a certain sitting president. They all don't like Trump. They all are pushing certain particular worldviews and narratives. That's a different topic for a different day. Yep. And they're just all kind of boring now. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I think Conan got out at a really good time. Yeah, Conan Conan was all right. Conan, I mean, I liked I liked Conan probably out of all of them. Yeah. I think. So you got Seth Meyer and uh, nope. <laughs> Colbert. Um, he used to be good. What, James Corden? Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. For those who don't want to hear my opinion, I'm going to give them the, uh, through sound effects. And then Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy yeah, Fallon. Though. Which Jimmy Fallon, at least for me at one point, was the more tame. Yeah, he was tame. He was, was goofy. He was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But no one really watches Late Night anymore. And then... Conan was truly my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel hosted nothing crazy, no slaps this year. So that was good. Again, no huge moments. It was kind of just a standard award show where people presented and then people got awards. Yeah. They presented to each other. Yeah. And awarded. I mean, that's what the Oscars The All of these awards. awards We talked about the Grammys a few weeks ago and they're all just very much congratulating themselves on a job well done. Well done, Hollywood. You did it. You did it. <laughs> you made movies and it's good. But it's interesting to note a uh, little little stat I have for you. There was 18.7 million viewers for the Oscars for this for this past week. That went up from 2 million from the previous year, which was oh. 16.62 million. And then 2021 was 10.4 million, which that makes sense because 2021 Oscars was celebrating the movies that happened in 2020. And if you know what happened in 2020, don't have to tell you, COVID happened. So not a whole lot of movies were being made. Yeah. And then a whole lot of other things happened. So the Oscars of 2021 were pretty tame. Mm. So there's a an upward trend. There's still lower, lower, lower viewership than they ever have been in previous years. Like even in the year 2020, it was like 23 million. And but it will never reach the peak as it was back in 2000, which was 46.3 million. It's back when Titanic won Best Picture. Wow! Remember Titanic? <laughs> yes, I remember. Hold on, the real event. <laughs> Just kidding. The yes, the event and the movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. The movie that didn't have any historical characters. Everybody was made up. Yep, everyone was made up, and then the orchestra went down. Yeah. What the shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah till the very end good for y'all yeah but i do want to make special shout out to some of the movies that we won't talk about but brendan Fraser won best actor yes. for the whale yeah i don't know if any of you have seen anything of the whale it is a wild movie basically brendan Fraser plays a he's like 600 pounds in the in the movie oh he plays he plays a 600 <laughs> pound person he's not actually 600 pounds but the movie did get uh got some costume design uh, Oscars, but Brendan Fraser didn't win Best Actor, which is great because him and then Jamie Lee Curtis and then some other people that have kind of been out almost out of the game for a while, just like 
made a comeback. It's weird to see a lot of these actors and actresses that I, that we've known for years kind of make a comeback yeah. and get these Oscars. It's kind of like how Leonardo DiCaprio never got an Oscar for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. everyone was like, when is he going to get his Oscar? So we had to literally climb into a real horse <laughs> to do in, in a movie yeah. to get an Oscar. So it's cool to see Brendan Fraser kind of make a comeback. And I think this is his first ever Yeah, award. it's his first ever. Yeah, best actor, right? He should have got he should have got an Oscar for The Mummy. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite right. movies. <laughs> it but, is, though. Yeah. Unironically, one of my Scorp- favorite. Yeah. Not Mummy 2. Not Scorpion King. Scorpion King. <laughs> As much as I love The Rock, that was not the best. Dude, that Rock looked weird. <laughs> yeah, it did. But yeah, Brendan Fraser winning Best Actor. Shout out to RRR too. Oh yeah. So yeah, that that was a big pop. Bollywood man making some good. I haven't heard anything out of Bollywood since Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, but shout out to RRR for, for yep. winning this award. Shout out to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for Best Animated Feature. Yep. So. Uh, anything for you, James, that stuck out to you at the Oscars? No. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, again, pretty tame, which is good, which is what you want. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah, RRR won Best Original Song for Not To, Not To, which I didn't hear, but it was very viral until they, they played it off in the actual award ceremony. I was like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Not really my cup of tea, but it's a cool song. Dude, they got some good music. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm 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 into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, it's again pretty standard. Go watch it for yourselves. About three hours, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you have three hours to spare, <laughs> or you can just watch a bunch of the highlights on the internet. But yeah. let's get into a couple, uh, a few of the movies that yes. I have mentioned. So James, what what's the first one you want to talk about? Let's talk about the Banshees. Let's talk about Banshees of Inisherin's. What is it about? Who is it star? Oh, so it is Colin. Farrell. Yeah. Yep. He plays a guy named Pad, who is a, in some ways, Podrick. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, Podrick. And he's, in some ways, the town, oh, he's not like a town simpleton, but he is a simple man. Mm-hmm. He has a really good friend named Calm. Yep. Calm, who's played by Brendan Gleeson. Yep. And Calm and Pad would go to the pub on a daily basis to get their little drink on. Happy hour. Yeah. And they would just talk and talk and talk. And then one day, Calm just snaps. And he's like, I don't like you. I don't want to be friends with you. Yeah, it's weird how the movie starts where it's supposed to be just guy trying to beat up with his buddy at the pub. Come to find out that he doesn't like him anymore. That's such a weird start to a movie. Yeah. To where, imagine you're meeting up with your best, you're trying to meet up with your best friend for drinks. And he's like. I just don't like you. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah. That's such an abrupt thing. But because they're on this little island, their in some way broken friendship like reverberates throughout the whole island and everyone's really confused. Right. Because everyone because it's such a small island, all of their lives are so intertwined with right. one another that when It's in Ireland, two, by the way. Yeah, it's in Ireland. Yeah. So when two friends friendships friendship is broken, everyone feels the effect of that. Right. And they're just all confused, wanting to know what happened. Why why did Calm all of a sudden cut out Patrick from his life? Mm-hmm. So and that's kind of the premise. Yeah. 
So a couple of the nominations that this was nominated for. It was nominated for Best Motion Motion Picture, nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role from Brendan Gleeson, also Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, Colin Farrell, and then Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role by Carrie Condon, who plays uh, Colin Farrell's sister by the name of Siobhan in the movie. Siobhan. Siobhan. It's Siobhan, though. That's how they say it. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk. What did you like about this movie? Oh, I lo- I yeah, I know you wanted to start off because yeah. it was a good movie to talk about because it, it was fun. I it, liked this too. I just felt like it was a good movie because it was it had a good story. So yeah. it wasn't like all the CGI and everything. It was just taking a story yep. and going through it. Um, I think the thing I liked about it, obviously, we talked a little bit about like relationship, the like the the depth of relationship, and right. then how that reverberates throughout a community. Mm-hmm. Um. You also see the dangers of having idle words. So, like, at one point, Colin makes a comment to Pad, like, I'm, I'm tired of talking to you all day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about your donkey taking care of its business. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about your donkey's poop. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's basically pointing out, like, the flaws of Patrick just talking and being in some ways a simpleton right like you have nothing worthy to talk about so i'm just tired of having these conversations so to me it was like oh that's like a really good point about not wanting to be a man of idle words right being a person who just like throw away words yeah because in it in it fleshes it out as the movie progresses but essentially calm who is he's a violinist in the yep. movie and he, he plays at the pub all the time He's learning music. He's trying to to do things with his life. Yeah. And he's an older man and Podrick is a younger man. Yeah. So they're, you know, it's a kind of an intergenerational friendship. Mm-hmm. But Calm, who is nearing his twilight is in his twilight years, yeah. feels like he needs more out of life. Yeah. He wants to make his mark. Yeah. He wants to be like the Mozart. He wants mm-hmm. to to be known for something. Right. And Podrick, who is yeah, he's not the he's not the town drunker he's not the town idiot but he has essentially to him nothing to offer mm-hmm. and their friendship is just based on a bunch of shallow words mm-hmm. where all they do is just talk about the same thing over and over again there's no depth to their friendship yeah and in call in calm's eyes in any time and you kind of see this play out in the movie the anytime that podrick is remotely interesting to him is when he's drunk yeah so uh yeah it's yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if you ever experienced, a, had a friend or experienced a relationship where you think that they're dull. Oh, that, that's a good point. Yeah, like if if you're listening to this, if you've ever had that, like think about a person that you think that I have this trajectory in my life, but I have this friend who is just stuck here and they have nothing to offer me. Mm-hmm. Like, do I keep this person around, or do I just tell them to? To go, go on with their Pound life. Sand. Just, yeah. yeah. Kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. hard to do when you live in a small town. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was just a, it, and, and that was, that was one of just, so I guess it's, it's the conflict between, um, Pad's desire to be good and Column's desire for greatness. Right. And then it's like, it's clashing between the two because Column is like, I, I want to make a, I wanna, like you said, make a mark, um, be known. I think he's, he even says like, I want to be known for generations to come. Right. And 
Pad's like, what's wrong with just being nice? Yeah. He's like, you used to be nice. Yeah. What's wrong with being nice? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like that. Um, another one was just a, is a kind of a reminder of how our own pain can like twist us just as much as sin. And we should be mindful of that when we run into people who cause us pain. Mm. So like you see pad, like being so hurt by what calm said right. about him as a person, right? That all of a sudden he's like taking that internalizing that. And then the pain is like twisting him inside and out. And then he gets heavily drunk. And then he's now at one point burning down a house. Yeah. Like he's basically just like, Going all out. Well, because the whole movie is him pursuing, trying to get to reconcile this friendship yeah. with Calm, who has nothing to do with him. Let's uh, let's talk about one of the bigger twists in the movie. Again, spoilers for all these movies, yeah. by the way. So there's a point in the movie where Podrick is so bent on become like getting back to a good standing with Calm, and Calm is like. If you continue to pursue me, I will cut <laughs> off my own fingers yes. and hand them to you. And Pod's like, you're crazy. That won't and happen. And even in the movie, and I'm watching this, like, there's no way they're going to actually do this. Yep. And because I think for, at least for me, when I was watching it, like the first third or half of the movie is like, okay, this is, this is fun. This is interesting. But it's kind of boring in a sense. Or a slow movie. It's a little slow. Yeah, it's a it's little, a little slow, slow. Because I guess... Because of our culture, we're so used to the fast-paced, high-octane Marvel movie 24-7. <laughs> Everything's explosion. got a quip or an explosion or something. So it is kind of refreshing to see a more slower-paced, boring-esque movie. Yeah. But then it hits that halfway point and calm, like Pad does come to calm and then he throws a finger at his door. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he actually is doing it. Yeah. And it gets to the point to where at the end of the movie, calm only has a thumb. Yeah. It's uh, yep. crazy. I think I texted you when I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening? I can't believe, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. And, and he kept wild. going. He kept going. Kept going. Yeah. Just, even to the point where he's trying to practice violin and yeah. his, his hand is just wait, it's like he's bleeding. Yeah. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? He's So yeah, it's, there's so much intensity into that statement. It's like, I don't want to be friends with you so much that I'm willing to cause myself pain to make sure. And even Pat's sister, Siobhan is like, just don't, just don't come near him. Just don't do it. Otherwise he won't hurt himself. Yeah. And so it's crazy. And what a wild movie. It was a wild movie, but you know, it's, uh, uh, there's a, a lot of truth that, that eventually comes out in this movie. Like we were just talking about like pad, he like turns to drinking to cope with his pain. Right. Um, in that and you know he and it's funny because it's like if he drinks beer during happy hour he seems okay but when he like goes to the hard liquor he just totally becomes a crazy person right and he's like burning places down and you know just yelling and all kinds of stuff but it, it just reminded me of uh there's a biblical scriptural passage but oh what is it yeah proverbs 20 uh verse one which is wine is a mocker strong drink a brawler and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Come on. Yep. So you, we, you get to see glimpses of that. I mean, all of this is it's just worldview. And yeah. Yeah. It's, the Bible is still the truth, the universal truth of it all. So, a- amen to that. It was 
Definitely, yeah, and they do kind of play on the whole religious aspect of it because they all go to the same church. Yeah, that's right. And they do confession, and even the, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even the preacher's not really a real priest. Yeah. In this. Oh, so since we're going there, I, I do have something I do want to point out. So, calm goes into confession into the confessional. Yeah. Con- confessional. Yeah. Yeah. Confessional. Right. Yeah. And he's reprimanded by the priest for being mean to mm-hmm. bad. And Calm asked a question and he was like, it, it's not a sin, is it father? And I was, and, and the priest admits it's not, but then he also said like, it isn't very nice either. But what I was like, Oh, this is, this is the part that was missing. I was like, I think Christianity can contribute to is like, but the priest never explained why he should be nice. Uh huh. Because he could have been like, you should be nice because God is love. Be nice because good is better than evil. And there's evil. And you don't want to do that. And that is why Jesus came to die. Because God loathes the evil that you have done. And that's why you put your trust in him and you are saved. So you can be a nice no more. I guess like, <laughs> right. And then and it's like, we have the message. We're like right. the people of the message, you know? But yeah. I was just kind of like, man, he just missed the opportunity to be like, this is why you should be nice because there's, there's a thing called good and evil and it's better to be good than evil. And yeah, you should be nice, but yeah. he but missed the opportunity. He, Come on, priest. <laughs> but no, yeah. it's, it's satire on, I mean, that oh, yeah. priest was kind of a hot mess too. <laughs> he <laughs> so, was a hot mess yeah but yeah spe- again special mention to Carrie Condon who plays Pat's sister who who does have that desire as well as Calm to because Calm does talk to her a bit it's like do you feel it too like you're you know you want to do more than what you're doing and mm-hmm. she does yep. she does pursue a life outside of this island that that's all that they've ever known yep. her and Pat have been living in the same house tending to their donkey Jenny for, for however long And, but Pat is just stuck in his ways and does not want to pursue anything than what he is doing right now, which is to just get up, tend to his farm, drink, go home, rinse, repeat. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see the people who are wanting more out of their own life, wanting to pursue purpose as opposed to Pat, who Mm. is just doesn't want to do that. Just wants to pursue the mundane and the, just the ordinary. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's some interesting, yeah, to see how that all plays out is good. Definitely watch this movie when you get the chance to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I watched this on, I think it was Hulu. I think I saw it on HBO. Yeah. H- oh, yeah, HBO, HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That was good. Anything else to say or you want to move on? No, we're good. All right. We got move. so many other movies yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. about. Uh, what do you want to go to next? All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, this if you, this is on Netflix. Um, it's a foreign movie. German, yes. so get ready for all the subtitles. Yes, and so reading really fast. Get ready to read because you're reading German, <laughs> and it's tough. But going over some of the of what it won and what it was nominated for. So it did win Best International Feature Film, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Production Design, and it was nominated for Best Sound and Best Motion Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay. It's actually mm. based off of a book. Um, so the the context behind All Quiet on the Western Front, it's basically 
you are following a series of young men, young German men who are in drafted or enlisting into the military of Germany during World War One. Mm-hmm. So they are fighting the French in this aspect. So it's very contained to just this particular front between Germany and France. Mm-hmm. So and you're in you're looking in the perspective of these young German men. Mm-hmm. And you follow one in particular. Um his name is uh Paul Bomber, who's played by Felix uh Krama. I'm messing up all these names because they're all they're all German. <laughs> but yes. There's the only person that I guess any of us Americans would know is Daniel Bruhl, who played Zemo in the Marvel movies. Yes. Plays mm-hmm. one of the the German higher ups who's kind of negotiating this deal between Germany and France for a ceasefire. But did you did you not recognize Cat? Who? Cat. He was the guy who goes and helps steals the goose. Oh no! Who was he? He was in Stranger Things. He As was who? the guy. He was the one oh, that. Uh, he's Yuri. The, yeah, yeah, he's Yuri. Oh. He's the he was one of the guards, the oh, Russian guards. Oh snap! Yes. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this was. This is also a very intense movie. Very well shot. Yes. And I I really liked this movie when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually just really sad because how it how it starts is that you have all of these these guys. It's World War One, so we're talking nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Yep. And all they're doing is they're just sending these guys to the front to basically die. And you see at the very beginning of this, you have all these people fighting, but then you just see the bot the bodies piling time out, up. Time out. So World No, before you get into that, World War yeah. One was nineteen fourteen. I'm sorry. To nineteen sorry because yeah, this you're book, right. this you're book came out in nineteen the so this is based on a book and it came out in nineteen twenty nine. And you we'll talk about correct. that in a second. But yes. Thank keep you going. for correcting me. World War One. I, <laughs> I was World thinking of World War Two. Yes. My bad. Uh in any case, yeah. Oof. Bad at history. <laughs> And then World War II was the 40s. Yes, you're yes. correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you see all of these these young men, all these bodies getting piled up. And then it transitions to a group of young men who are so excited to serve their country. Mm-hmm. You see the, the German higher-ups like, state how this is a great honor to be able to serve your country. And mm-hmm. you see the excitement and joy in their eyes as they go from where they're at and then as the movie progresses and as more and more of their friends lose their lives in this in this war mm-hmm. you kind of see the light fade from our main yes. character's eyes you can see the he gets very disillusioned yes. by the end of the movie because mm-hmm. all of his friends have gone, are no more are no more at yeah. this point mm-hmm. where they all went into this thing together and he's basically the only one who survived this so it's 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 very it's very dark. Yeah, it to, is very dark. Like, but it shows off like the evils of war. Yeah, and how real war can be mm-hmm. in that context. Where yeah, you have a lot of hopes and dreams to be able to serve your country, but there are real world implications when you're going into mm-hmm. armed conflict. Right. In a very heavily battled area, mm-hmm. there's a chance that you could lose your life, and a lot of them do. This oh, yeah. is very sad. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a solid portrayal of the horrors of war. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know it it it's um it, it also had really great depictions of brotherhood. Uh huh. Like them being in the trenches together. Yeah, and, that was great. Yeah, and you get, you get to see the camaraderie. Um, 
And then you also see moments where I think it was a moment where Paul and Kat were talking and they said, you know, when this war is over and we go back to our towns, like you and I have no business of being friends. Right. Like I'm a cobbler. You're an educated young man. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to go off and become an engineer or whatever. But he's like, I'm a cobbler. So it's like, if it wasn't for this war, you and I would not even be friends. Yeah. Yeah. You're bringing all different types of people together. We're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul is reading letters to Cat from his wife because oh, yeah, he doesn't right. know how, he doesn't know how to read. Yeah, he's illiterate. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You do see a lot of that brotherhood between these guys who have been through a lot, mm-hmm. and the fact. I mean, even like you just you mentioned it earlier, where they're trying to get food, and so they're going to steal chickens from a farmer, yeah. and they're being shot at, and they're uh, being chased down, and mm-hmm. you kind of see how the implications of what happened at the towards the end of the movie how that plays out but yeah it's it was it was it was a good movie but yeah definitely dark as far as yeah this is what happens in war mm-hmm. people who we're not going to sugarcoat what happens in war people die yeah people lose their lives there's a real human cost to war um yeah. any other big thing to know i mean that's that's essentially the whole movie yeah it, it just reminded I mean, me of certain certain passages like uh Proverbs 331 says, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. And that's just kind of a reminder that when you live in a world without God, there is, you don't have a perception or an understanding of what it means for a, for a person to be made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So then that, that worldview will eventually lead you to what we know as war is just ungodly and inhumane. Yeah. Atrocious acts can be done to other people. So, I mean, and also you, they, at least the main characters don't really know why they're doing this war. So you see, there's, there's two settings that are taking place in this movie where you have our main cast who are infantrymen Mm -hmm. who are just on the front lines they're doing battle and they're going through all of this, just following orders. And then you see, uh, Daniel Brühl's character and some of the other uh, German higher ups that are they they know the stakes. Yep, they have all the blueprints and the strategies. They're nowhere near the front lines, and mm-hmm. they're trying to uh, just strategize all this. And you see one of the leaders of the German army who mm-hmm. is trying to make sure that we, the Germans, take over. Mm-hmm. The, like, we want to win. We want to win so much that we're going to continually send out guys to their deaths. And there's a scene towards the end of the movie where Paul has made it back to uh, German high command and um, their commander is wanting to send them out again. He's trying to rally the troops, but you can kind of see some of them, Paul himself included being like, no, I don't want, I don't want to do this. They're Mm -hmm. telling me I have to go back out here, but I don't want to do this because he doesn't want to surrender. And the other higher ups are trying to, have a ceasefire because mm-hmm. they know they're getting they're losing to the French yep. in in this aspect, uh, but they just want to continually push, and so you see the the dichotomy of the people who are nowhere close to the front lines want to continually fight, quote unquote, yep. and win this war, and then you see the people who are actually doing the fighting, saying that no, we don't want to do this because we've seen so many of our brothers lose their lives, and even Paul has to kill someone mm-hmm. from the French army. Yeah. And you can see both, both of them look at each other knowing that 
this is what we have to do. Yeah. This is what they've told us to do. Yeah. But you can see that I have to take the light out of someone else's eyes. Yep. Like that's a, I have to think of him as not human. Right. And just, I have to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it, it reminds me that, that war or revolutions is really a young man's sport. Mm. Cause you see the Germans, Germany's like commanding general, you know, he's sitting by the fire. He's gorging himself on like really fine food. Right. Just sending young men into war. Yeah. And it's just, you just see the contrast of that. Yeah. As, so. the, as the bodies pile up. Yeah. I mean, that, and then and even even among the commanding officers, you got the guy who's like, I'm trying to stop this war. And right. then you have one guy who's like, let's keep sending him out. Yeah. Let's keep doing this. I'm not surrendering. So, right. Yep. Yeah. So the Great horrors movie. of war. Yeah. Horrors of war. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to something more lighthearted, but but also based off real life. Elvis. <laughs> Let's talk about Elvis. I don't know if that's lighthearted. <laughs> I guess in, in, uh, it's in not some ways. It was, in some ways, it's light. There's some lighthearted moments because you got Elvis's music. Yes. Uh, but this was an interesting movie, and we all, I think, everyone knows Elvis's story. I mean, I'm sure. You, there's been a, there's been a few movies about Elvis over the years. I'm sure some of you who are listening have been out to Graceland. I've been to Graceland, took oh. a tour of Elvis's home, seen kind of the RCA recording studios. But I like the way that they portray this. So a couple of nominations that this is nominated for for the Oscars: Best Picture, uh, Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Sound because Elvis, obviously, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, which Austin Butler did play Elvis. And he looked fantastic. The way that the, he looked exactly like Elvis. There's a really cool scene at the end of this movie where they mm. show the real Elvis. They show yeah. footage of the real Elvis. And it almost doesn't look that much different. Yeah. So the way that they did that was fantastic. Uh, best achievement in film editing. Uh, best achievement in con- costume design. I mean, obviously, I bet they just went to an Elvis museum and just plucked every Elvis <laughs> costume. They they knew they just bought every Elvis costume and like yeah. okay we're just gonna put them in this era but uh, the way that they tell this it's from the perspective of Colonel Tom Parker who's played by Tom Hanks yes and he does a fantastic he does an awesome job. job yeah amazing job so Tom Parker for for those of you who don't know the history of Elvis was Elvis's manager quote unquote quote unquote quote unquote manager kind of discovered Elvis when he was up and coming back in the day it's like oh hey there's this white kid who's playing a mix of country and gospel music so let's get him and let's let's snow snow him up let's make yep. all this snow that's right the, snow him up the, the snowman snow, the snowman strikes and so it's broken up into the movie's broken up into three different parts where you have the early part of Elvis's career when he's mm-hmm. first getting discovered, the <laughs> and then the second half of it, I laugh because there's there's some scenes in there at the beginning that I that was really funny, but I'll get to that in a second. But and then the second half of kind of where he he has blown up and he's uh making transitions like post service Elvis basically yeah that's right yeah post service Elvis and then the latter half um I guess you could say four parts because there's another because there's a third part where it's he's already blown up but he's kind of almost past his prime yes and then you have the Vegas stuff yeah at the very end yep so 
yeah, I guess you could say it was broken up into four different parts. But um, the earlier parts, because this is a highly dramatized version of Elvis's life. And we all know Elvis. We all know his moves, his his gyrations. his gyrations. But in the beginning of the movie, he's starting to do his his stuff. Yeah, you can see the <laughs> the eyes in the women that he's watching, and oh, they yeah. like it's a very slow motion where they all start going nuts. Yeah, slow motion, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like it's a constant crotch shot, and yeah, the women crotch. Yeah, his gyrations, and then the women. Yeah, going back and forth, and you're just like. Yeah, that's which I guess that, that's I'm sure trademark. That, I'm sure that's how it went down in real life. Yeah, because he he was one of the first people to do that, mm-hmm. like in that particular society where yeah. everyone was more tame, more homely. They were used to more just stripped down country music. They weren't associated with that quote unquote Negro music right. because that's what that's a big part of this too. Because yep. you have the era of segregation between black people and white people. And Elvis, because he was raised in a black neighborhood, grew up in a more gospel centric environment. Mm-hmm. And you see how there's a mix of the music in this was really good. How yes. they blend the 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 country, but they blend the the more rhythm and blues aspect with the gospel choir. Mm-hmm. So you see like a shack of people just getting down on some blues and some rhythm and then a church having a revival. Tent revival. A tent revival. <laughs> Shout out to the last episode. <laughs> They're having their own revival. Yep. Uh, and you can see him getting being slain in the spirit, being slain in the spirit yep. and uh, blending those two aspects to create the Elvis sound. So, yep. uh, yeah. And so not wanting to be like them, quote unquote, the, the political figures at the time didn't want like that was a sign of being like black people. Yeah. So in order to to be different. Elvis, they didn't want Elvis to be like that, and so yeah. he was such a a uh, culture breaker. Yeah, for for that time. Yeah, he was a controversy. He's very much I, a controversy. I mean, he got arrested. Yep. And instead of sending him to jail, they sent him off into the army. Yep. Instead, so yeah. I think but, I I think there was a quote. Didn't they call him at one point like Elvis the pelvis? Yeah, Elvis the pelvis. Yep. Yeah, that was that was his deal. Oh, but yep. yeah, they they did this. They shot this really well. Uh, I like the narration. That goes on yep. between uh, Tom Hanks and all that, and how that how that all happened. Yep. Um, any big things that stuck out to you? All I know is, man, that family needs some. They need to go to like the Presley family. The Presley family. <laughs> Mom needs to go to like AA. Well, she passed away. Yeah, but I meant as in like throughout the movie, she should have gone oh, to like AA because yeah, yeah. she has that, and then Elvis and his wife they need to go to like marriage counseling and. All I thought was like Colonel Parker. He needs he needs some Dave Ramsey in his life <laughs> and all his gambling problems. Yeah, because he was making millions of dollars, but still in still in debt. Yeah, needs some. Financial and he was assistance. he basically t- he basically he basically pimped out Elvis to Las Vegas he forever. Did. Yeah, forever and ever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So man, it was. It's a tragedy. Yeah. I I don't think Elvis. I think I told you this before. I told. I think I told you this. Like Elvis, could only exist the way that he did for that point in time. Just kind of like how the Beatles couldn't really be as big as they were mm. today. Mm-hmm. Like if the Beatles came out today, they wouldn't be that big. But because they were so unique for that particular time, that's why Beatlemania happened. Like they crossed over from Europe 
to here yep. and made huge waves. Uh-huh. And Elvis being who he was by blending gospel and country and R&B, which I guess no one was doing at the time because of segregation. Yeah. He broke that mold and became who he was. So he helped lay a lot of the groundwork musically yeah. Yeah. for a bunch of artists. Yes. Even though there were artists that were doing what he was doing before him. Already. Yeah. Already. And the, I forget who he meets in or B. who's King. BB King is his like. Yeah, so BB really King was doing it. Yeah. And then you see little Richard, like yep. little young yeah. little Richard yep. in the movie, That's which right. yeah. I guess was kind of almost elvish ish yeah. in the movie. So I don't know and I didn't look at the history of this. I don't know if Elvis inspired little Richard to do what he did. Or maybe Little Richard was just doing that already. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But they, they show off a young Little Richard and that was fun. And yeah, they mm-hmm. do they do a great job. So yeah. great stuff. It's good. Anything, it was good. You wanna, anything else you want to add? No. Okay. They just need a lot of help. <laughs> need a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Sad how Elvis passed away. Mm-hmm. Do you still, do you, do you think, remember the conspiracy theory oh, yeah. that people thought that Elvis got abducted by aliens? No, I don't know this one. Nope. Yeah, I think <laughs> I heard the I I was told that he died on a toilet, and I don't know if that's still that's true or not. I think that's true. I don't. I like drugged out on a toilet. Yeah. I don't know, but so if I'm comment and let uh, us yeah, know, let us know what let how us he know. really died, and, the, and they the, don't go into that. Yeah, they don't go into that, but they. Yeah, I like the way they're shot. Anyway, yep. Let's move on to the next one. What else we want to? What do you want to go to next? Let's do Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, oh so good. snap. Oh, Let's snap. talk about it. <laughs> Funny story. I didn't. I just now watched the just recently watched the first Top Gun because as much as it was praised back in the day, didn't watch it like way yeah. back. So wife and I in preparation for this movie saw the first one to kind of get context. And honestly, I guess you didn't really need context. Nope. <laughs> Aside from a few characters. But man, it's just a movie. It w- I think <laughs> thinking about all of these movies and worldviews and all that, the thing that's so refreshing about Top Gun One and Top Gun Maverick is that it's just a movie. There's no hidden message. It's just guys and girls flying planes. Yep. That's it, basically what it, it is. It is straight entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. And going back to the first movie, which came out in 86, I'm like, oh, that was it. Yep. Like, it was weird to watch this movie. I think it was about an hour and a half. And it's just, it ends. And then that was it. Yeah. Well, it starts the same way. Yeah. Ends the same way. And everything <laughs> in the middle is like the same arc. Yeah. It's the same arc. It's the exact same arc. So. Yep. I, I know you love this movie. I love this um, movie. But it did win an Oscar. It did win an Oscar for Best Sound. I'm going to I'm gonna say something a bit controversial. I don't think this should have won Best Sound. When they say sound, what do they mean by sound? Well, Best Sound in the movie. So, at, Like music and sound? Or no, like, like sound like effects. Like sound, yeah, sound effects. effects. Because okay, they, gotcha. they basically recorded a bunch of different jet sounds yes to get the sounds that you get in the movie yeah so i'm like someone could just sit up we could take the mics that we use and sit outside the airbase and record the planes that go by i don't know if that qualifies as me winning <laughs> oscar for best sound uh i'm sure it was a little bit more intricate than that it was obviously but 
I'm just thinking about it in context of all of the other films it was nominated with, and I'm looking at this list real quick. Uh, So the nominations were Top Gun Maverick, which won, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, and Elvis. So in my mind, I'm thinking that maybe Elvis or The Batman. The Batman was good. Batman was great. And you have to get a lot of different unique sounds because it's a fictional character. Yeah. Elvis, just because of Elvis's music and it was fantastic. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, no. It's just a bunch of explosions, gunshots. It's gunshots. It's war. So what are you going to do with that? Yeah. So Top Gun Maverick winning best sound. I don't know. This is a bunch of planes. Yeah, you would have to kind of find out how they did the sound engineering. Like, did they stand around a jet and like, Put, uh, set up like a hundred microphones to like figure out the perfect way to emulate yeah. the sound. I don't know. Let's go to the local yeah. airbase and sit near an F-18 and figure that out. Yeah. Well, where we live, we can just sit we, outside we, and we literally could. just put a microphone on our roof. That's what I'm saying, bro. We could win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> we could win an Oscar for this best is, sound. This is blasphemy. In the next Top Gun movie by recording... <laughs> On our roof. On our roof. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just go out to the the quick trip that's by the air base. If you're listening to this and if you're making some sort of air or plane type of film, hit us up. Yes. We'll record sound for you. We'll yes. do it. We'll do it. <laughs> anyway, great movie. Great movie. Loved it. Nothing too complicated about it. No. Uh, other than the fact that, that Tom Cruise is amazing and does fly the planes for real yep. in this movie, which is insane because... Yeah. You go up to some high, high mocks. I think, Mach I think 10. they go to Mach ten yep. in this movie. Which yep. the, I like the way that they explain that, like these G forces, yeah. they will, they hurt. Oh yeah, which is why you have to be in very good physical condition. Yes, as an Air Force pilot, yeah, Air Force or a Naval Air Airman, Airman, and yeah, you're an Airman, an Airman. Is that yeah. what they call them? Yeah, yeah. In any case. A, pi- a, a pilot pilot airman <laughs> yeah so yeah yep. it has everything that you would expect from a top gun movie yeah you have your danger zone you got the top gun theme song you had the beach scene yep. which instead of volleyball they're playing football so yep. there's a change and the motorcycle scene and the motorcycle scene yeah it, it really is a shot for shot remake even it though it's a sequel <laughs> it's a shot for shot remake of the original yes and the jacket and the jacket yep. same jacket same jacket yeah i think you told me uh, we talked about this at our end, like year end wrap up. Uh-huh. That Tom Cruise, when you, if you went to the theater to see this movie, yeah, 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 Tom Cruise had a little thing before where he's like, "Thank you for coming to this movie." Yeah, was we that was that not in the one that you watched? We watched it on Amazon Prime. So but he still didn't say that in the beginning. I didn't get it. Oh, we didn't get it. it just started. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, hmm. I wish though. No, it it, it I, I, the one I watched. Whenever I watched it, it had it. Yeah. I don't know why. And I watched it from home. You watch it on Amazon? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> YouTube? I don't know. Okay. But it had it on there. Yeah. But I mean, the, 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 the premise is the same. Taking a bunch of self-focused, selfish group of pilots and turning them into men and women of sacrificial, yeah. like, dedication to one another. Right. That's basically what it was. Yeah. It's like, that's exactly how the first one was with Val Kilmer and bam. Yeah, second one. Well, Just yeah, different and characters. I I do like the aspect of Maverick, Tom Cruise's mm-hmm. character, who has been a captain 
basically his entire naval career. Yeah. Where he's never decided to move up because all he wants to do is fly. Yeah. Which is definitely in line with what that character is. Like Maverick is always going to be Maverick. He's mm-hmm. not a teacher, but in the movie they recruit him to teach a bunch of younger uh, Top Gun graduates who are the best of the best. Who one of them, played by Miles Teller, is Rooster, Goose's son. So I thought that was great. He looks exactly like Goose from the from the old movie, which is even the piano scene, even the piano scene. Yeah, so, so good. all in, all intentional. So good. Val Kilmer, Kilmer 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 makes his return as Iceman. Yeah. Shout out to Iceman. Uh, John Hamm is in this, yep. and he did pretty pretty good. Yep. Um, Charles Parnell, who played Warlock, was he in the original? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I don't think so. Because they, it almost sounded like they made hit that him and Maverick were a part of the original crew. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Any case, like that. that. Um, yeah, a lot of people that I, I'm not very familiar with, but great, great movie. I do appreciate, and we've talked about diversity a lot, and various different shows. Yeah, like. We talk about we talked about Rings of Power and how all they did was push diversity for diversity's sake. Yeah, blah blah blah. Never explained it. But how you can I do different. appreciate that there is diversity, but they don't even need to explain it. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yes, because if you go, going back to the original movie, it's all just a bunch of white guys in the '80s, which I'm like, it's probably how it was for yep. the Navy back then. Yeah, but then you move up into 2023. Or I guess 2022, when this movie came out, mm-hmm. you have Hispanics, black people, women. Yep. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in our society, things have progressed to where, you know, more minorities join the Navy and also women join the Navy and yeah. are top Air Force pilots. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's, that is they what qualify. It is. They qualify. The whole point is to defend our country. Yeah. Yeah. And so why would... Defend our freedoms. Like, yeah, this is one of those... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like you're just going to, that's just going to happen. You don't need to explain why you're doing this, yeah. which makes perfect sense. And I love it when movies just do that. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah, I see different types of people. Yeah. Of course. That's, it is what They it didn't is. need to show strife between the races or no, genders they, or anything. They're just like, hey, the best person right. that can fly this plane qualifies. I mean, the, o- the only like, actual poke at gender was what hangman uh poking fun at uh phoenix oh yeah yeah so but that's just like they're ribbing each other yeah because right. he's supposed to be the i guess he's the ice man yeah he's of like, that yeah. of mm-hmm. this movie and then rooster's the maverick and so <laughs> he is Again, shot for shot shot for shot it's literally the same movie <laughs> it's wild how much <laughs> it is the same movie just updated yep. but Great movie. Great movie. Man. Uh, you know what movie has a ton of worldview in it that uh. wasn't as simple? Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> I wasn't oh, even planning on watching this movie. Boy. Because I had no idea what you, to expect. You made me watch this movie because you watched it first. <laughs> well, I like looked up the nominees and I was like, okay, I should probably watch another one of these. Yeah. And I was watching it and I was like, Chike, this is wild. <laughs> he told me that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll get to it at some point. Which this movie was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Directing. And it is a trip. Um, the, only pe- the only person that 
us lay people, us normal people were recognizing this movie is Woody Harrelson. Yes. Who plays a ship captain. And he's Tryon, basically Hamish from the Hunger Games. Basically. But now a sea captain. Right. And it's supposed to be a comedy, very dark comedy. Yeah. Though. Sad time. And essentially, I'm trying to think, how do, how do we best explain what this movie is about? It is about a. So it sets up with. Uh, a look into the model modeling and social media influencer world. Mm-hmm. And then they take that and then they plop them into a yacht, a, basically a luxury cruise. Right. And now they're surrounded by other ultra rich people, all other ultra yeah. rich people. And these two models um, who, who are in a relationship they're dropped in there and th- th- this is a freebie for them. Like yeah. this is a free trip for them, I guess to put on Instagram and basically say, look at me, look at me. I'm, I'm on a cruise. I'm on a cruise. I'm, on I'm a sponsored. This yeah. is the, one of their sponsored tags. <laughs> hashtag hashtag yeah. sponsored. Yeah. 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 And then like, yeah. And, and here they are. And now they're with the u- Uber ultra rich. And right. then you get to see just the, the world views of every single one of them. Yeah, on that on that boat. So now you're in tight quarters with them, mm-hmm. and then I guess we can ruin it. Ruin then, kind of where this spoilers, spoilers, this yes, spoiler alert. So then they get into a shipwreck, uh-huh. and then they land on an island, and then it becomes Gilligan's Island meets Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah, but it's crazy. How you even get to that point from where the movie starts? Yeah. So the movie starts with the one of the main characters, Carl, who's a model, and he's just modeling. Yeah, he's a male model a that male makes model. what the thirty percent of what female models make. I guess that that was an yeah, interesting yeah. point. That's true. So then, yeah, there's a scene that he has with his girlfriend, who's also a model. Her name is Yaya. Yaya. Which isn't that like isn't that grandma know. basically? In different language, different language. <laughs> I think so. But so, like, anyway, uh, I think she's supposed to be like a Russian. I guess. Yeah. But any, anyway, they get into an argument about trying to pay the bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because she, I guess, she had told him that she was going to get it, and then he's very flustered by this, and he makes like the entire movie is a series of awkward and weird conversations. Yes. But how he even tries to bring this up. And her and talking about gender roles and how he wants it to be like she thought that she he wants it to be equal because that's her worldview. Yep. Because she is a self-proclaimed feminist. And he's like, well, if that's what you believe, then you can just pick up the bill. But she is contradicting herself. Yes. By making him pick up the bill. Yeah. And so there's this weird they have this conversation for it's probably like a good 30 minutes. Yeah. Of the, it's probably less time than that, but it's it, it feels like it. It's the first, I don't know, quarter of not the first, first like third of the movie where they're yeah. arguing about gender roles, gender roles. And, and all that, and so how they reconcile, and then it just shifts into them going on this luxury yacht. So I'm like, where are we going with this movie? <laughs> There's always one of these movies that comes out that gets nominated, and I'm like, who were who was this made for? What yeah. made for the normal person? This was literally like a hodgepodge of all worldviews in our time today. Yeah. And it was like, let's see what it looks like if we just smash them all together and then 
what is the end result? Yeah. It was basically like they talk about like capitalist abuse, the non-compassionate use of like accumulated wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they, they talk about politicians, they talk about Marxism, capitalism, pragmatism. I mean, all the isms. I mean, yeah. it was literally like every type of ism you can think of communism, socialism, and they just throw it in. And it's like, this is the age of ideologies. Right. And we're just going to smash them together, make a a movie. It's a very 2023 type of, towards 20, I guess at the time, 2022 type of movie. Yep. Where every ideology is present in this and everyone has that. And it does make fun of the fact that you have a Russian billionaire who made his billions by selling fertilizer, fertilizer to all of Eastern Europe, apparently. Yeah. And the ship captain, who's played by Woody Harrelson, who is a self-proclaimed Marxist. So yes. we have a Russian capitalist and a, an American Marxist. Yep. So he even says it in the movie. He's like, I'm not a communist. I'm a Marxist. I'm like, oh, so he's flat out saying it. Yep. Good and, you, bro. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and it basically tells you that all ideologies in the world if it precedes Jesus or is without Jesus, will always fall short. Yeah. It's basically, that's what it amounts to. Well, yeah, because the whole idea of the triangle of sadness is playing on the misery yeah. that all of these wealthy people have experienced mm-hmm. or are experiencing. Even going back to the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. when Carl's trying to uh, model one of the, per- the people that are like, can you relax your triangle of sadness? So I guess it's between the brow, the brow. Yeah. So he just looks miserable and even going on into the movie where they're all sitting at this, all these dining room tables on this ship. They all look the way that it's shot because it's on purpose. Yeah. they all look miserable yeah. and unhappy, even though they're ultra wealthy. Yeah. A lot of them bought their way or got this cruise for free. They're being catered to at every whim. the, the the crew who is hilarious in this movie at the beginning the like the main crew lady oh, yeah. is getting them together is like if you treat them well you're gonna get money <laughs> it's a pep rally yeah they're doing a pep rally to get a good tip because these people are yeah. super wealthy it was literally like wolf of wall street level yeah. like oh yeah it, it is was, it, it was, was kind of like that yeah it was like that yeah so it's like if you treat them well you're gonna get paid like yep. paid paid yep so that that was fun and. There's a scene that in this movie <laughs> because there's a that part of the reason why they get shipwrecked is because of a storm that happens in this movie. But preceding that, they have a captain's dinner, and without getting too much into this, people get seasick. Lots of seasick. Lots of seasickness. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. In every form and fashion. Yeah. Of seasick. Yeah. Seasickness happens. So. Yep. But I do like the way that they did shoot the movie yeah. because everyone's walking at a weird angle yeah. because they have to to kind of balance their equilibrium yeah. on the ship. So you can see when a character walks in, they're walking sideways yeah. or they're walking backwards yeah. to kind of go with where the ship is. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. It, it, you have to think about like how they shot that. Yeah. Cause it's like the part where they're doing the captain's dinner and like Woody Harrelson and the, the first mate. Sec- yeah. yeah. They're like both like yeah. sideways, like diagonal. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how did they shoot that? Yeah. Did they just like stand diagonally? Cause it's not like they were the, doing like the, the Michael Jackson, like oh, smooth criminal level like stuff. They were like, true. everybody was like that. Yeah. It was just, 
it was great. It was shot really well. It was shot well. Yeah, yeah. to think that they all had to walk in a weird angle. Yeah. For for that entire scene, but wild how that all plays out. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Triangle of Sadness. Give that a watch. Yes, give it a give watch. It a watch. It's on Hulu. It literally points out that the most beautiful, wealthy, and powerful people have things they cannot control in their life. Yeah. <laughs> they can't control everything. 100%. And they have to deal with God at yes. the end of it all. Yep. So, yep. There you go. Let's wrap it up. Last movie that won Best Picture. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Backwards and forwards. <laughs> and all the time. Everywhere. Yeah. Everything. Man. Best multiversal movie that I've oh, ever watched. Yes. Marvel's better take notes with this whole multiversal saga and i hope they hire some of the people that worked on this movie a24 needs to get on some get on the marvel train yes they need to dump money into their backyard so yeah. they can help them fix marvel because yeah. man yeah this was wild it it's, was so good it was so good it's funny because in uh this one a number of different awards so this won seven oscars in total so it won best original screenplay Best Motion Picture, Best Achievement in Directing, Best Performance by an Actress in a Lean Role, uh, Michelle Yeoh, fantastic actress, love her. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Jamie Lee Curtis, shout out, first Oscar that she's ever won. It's crazy to think. Really? That's her first Oscar? I think that, is that her? What? Fact check me on that. I think yes, that's her first I am one. I going to you. I don't think she's ever won an, act, an Oscar. And then Best Performance by an Actor in Supporting Role, uh, Kei Hu Kwan, who... Going back to the the Indiana Jones movies, mm. he was the little kid. Oh, yeah, from uh, I think it was Temple of Doom. Yeah. And so you had I had not heard from him in decades, and then he makes this crazy comeback in this movie, yeah. and that's best achievement in film editing by Paul Rogers. I'll get to that in a second. Actually, I'll talk about it right now. This film, which I think is a marvel. Uh, there's an interview that Paul Rogers did with Inverse and various other things, but they talk about how this was shot and they ask him what was the most challenging part of editing to this film, which they edited this in about 38 days. It took 38 days. Wow. To yeah. And so he says, we went into lockdown the week after we started the offline and we had to go remote. We had to be alone. I had a three-year-old and no child care. I cut this thing on a 2017 iMac in my living room. My kids are running around behind me. My wife is working on her computer behind me. It was this crazy thing. I was doing child care until one in the afternoon, and then I would do the movie until 11 at night. Good for you, sir. You deserve this Oscar. That's <laughs> wild. Shout out. That is inspiring as someone who likes to create content the fact that this man shot an oscar level movie on a 2017 imac and if you know anything about technology that's a relic basically but if you have the talent and the skills for that yeah you can, you can make anything work so incredible yeah that's awesome incredible amount of editing and yeah shout out to michelle yo i love her she's yeah. a great actress yeah she she's, she's done great. a lot of great stuff yeah like but this movie is new. is wild. A lot of worldview in this. And James, how do how do you want to explain this movie? Because <laughs> um, I think oh, I have w- I have one way to explain it, and it, I'm actually stealing this from how they explained it in the Oscars. It's like, what if we put somebody's mom in the Matrix? 
That's basically what it yeah. was. Yeah. It it was great. It was you just need to watch it. There's a lot of things you kind of have to get past when yeah. you watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it with your kids. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Please do not watch this with your kids. There's a lot of things that you have to get past. But here, some of the some of the good things to celebrate since we're going to this is the movie that I really want to dive into with the questions is yeah. like we all cope with problems differently mm-hmm. because you'll see Evelyn who's played by Michelle um, and um, Waymond. Oh yeah, my gosh. Waymond. Waymond. Yeah. Her uh, husband. That's, yeah. Her that's... husband. The way they cope with their problems is she's like fight, basically fight like hell version. And then he's like googly eyes. Right. And make peace. Yeah, make peace. But he's they cope with things differently. Another thing I really liked was that um when Joy, their daughter, um is like falling into like a pit of despair mm-hmm. in her life, like mom Evelyn refuses to allow her to do it alone. So she's like wanting to hold on to that relationship. She's she's not she like wants to hold and protect her daughter from being consumed by depression. Right. So that was really good. Um, importance of marriage. Mm-hmm. They talked about that a lot, which they was did. really great. I was yeah. like, you'll see like Waymond. Uh, I, I love that his name's Waymond. Um, like he like mournfully <laughs> admires. I get it now. You get it now? Yeah, okay. Waymond. All right. Yeah. Mournfully like um, admires the elderly couple. The happy elder. Right. He wants to be that, but he realizes that his wife is not like that. Yeah. And, and it's great because they both believe that divorce is wrong. That was like really great. And, and he, he files for it. So, so there was that moment where, um, I think someone, a friend of his, and I, I don't remember if he said it was a friend of friend from church said, Go get divorce papers because if you do that, it makes it feel real, oh, and yeah, then yeah. you'll feel the weight of what you're the decision you're about to make, mm-hmm. um, and then that will force you into having difficult but important conversations. So I, I, I mean, for us, you and I being Christians, we wouldn't even put that option on the table. No. But in a worldview where they don't know Christ, it's like. Well, at least maybe if I hold it and then like put it before us, then we have to talk about it. Right. So and you can see that kind of stuff being played out in the context of multiverse, the multiverse. craziness. Yes. So it is, it's a family drama. Yeah. But in the backdrop of high octane action with multiple different universes. Yeah. That's, it's so like how they blend all that together is incredible. It's 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 a marvel, and uh, there's also nihilism. Yeah, is a big component of this, right? Because we are dealing with the multiverse, and so the main villain. We don't really. Spo- I don't really want to spoil them who the main villain is. Okay. So the main villain, and when you get to it, they are essentially saying that in the context of everything, nothing matters mm-hmm. because when you have so many different variations of everything in this infinite multiverse. Mm -hmm. We are just tiny specks of tiny specks, Mm -hmm. infinitesimal and a very small, finite piece of garbage, so to speak. So nothing matters. Yeah. So everything can just go. It doesn't matter. 
Life doesn't matter. Everything can just go. Yeah. And because life has no meaning. And even when you see them jumping through the different universes, that's kind of where the main character, Evelyn, basically learns that she she doesn't want a universe without her husband, Waymond, and without her daughter, Joy. Yeah. Like, that's what eventually it amounts to. Because even in the universe where she's rich and successful and a single lady, mm-hmm. she's she still is like, I don't want to be rich and successful and a single lady without Waymond. By the way, that version of Waymond... Yeah, stellar outfit. Yeah, that, he, look, that, he looks so good. That fit. I was like, this man's a CEO, looking good. Yeah, but you know, like she was like, I'd rather be a tax burdened, laundry filled owner of right. a laundromat. Yeah, because that that is a, that's a version of herself they spend a lot of time. Yeah, on because there's there's action, there's kung fu in this, which Michelle Yeoh yeah. and uh, Kei Kwan are great. Yeah, uh, martial arts experts, so yeah. they know. Like, man, I remember watching Michelle Yeoh back in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. And she was phenomenal, yep. man. But that the one character that you mentioned, that universe is basically she learned is Kung a Hong Fu, Kong star. Hong yeah. Kong, Kong, the Jackie Chan, basically, yeah. Yeah. of that universe. Yeah. And how, how, how they have a great conversation towards the end of the movie where yeah. they're just going back before each other. Yeah. So, and he even says, like, what's so wrong with owning a laundromat? Right. And it's like, yeah. It's like, but I can be with you. Yeah, but I'm with you. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh, so like, good. That's good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, the scripture verse that you basically the the villain points out in nihilism is Ecclesiastes 1, 2, 3. Oh, yeah. Vanities yeah. of vanities, says the preacher. Vanities of vanities. All is vanities. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Yeah. Because that's what the villain does. Like, villain recognizes, like, I'm in all these different universes and it amounts to nothing. Yeah. It's futile. It's meaningless. So nothing matters. Nothing matters. And if nothing matters, then there's no pain and no guilt. Yep. And I was like, man, that was, that was it. Yep. And like you said, once you get past some of the weird parts of it, there's a lot of deeper truths in this. I understand hot dog hands and bagels (laughs) because because everything bagel, everything bagels because I, they show they did a performance of one of the songs at the Oscars and they have people who have hot dog hands and I hadn't seen the movie yet. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I have no idea what is happening. This is really weird. But then you watch it in the movie, I'm like, okay, this makes sense for the movie. And contextually speaking, it makes a whole lot of sense yeah. as to why hot dog hands is a thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's man, there's it's a really good movie, man. It's a really good movie. Gosh. Um, the, I, we talked, we we're talking about this earlier and the idea of how the multiverse is explained is every decision that you could have made is a different universe. Mm-hmm. So from this certain action, yeah. like, did you turn left this day or did you turn right this day? Well, there's a universe where you did both yeah. or there's a universe where you didn't get married or you didn't have kids or you went to this school went to this job or you did this and so there is an infinite amount of decisions that spiraled out of that and how it all leads to the main character of this story is is interesting yeah because like it was like everything everywhere all at once because yeah it's every decision that you've made and the implications of that 
I think it was so funny when uh, Wayman's character basically says, like, you are the Evelyn that's going to solve this problem because you had so many failures in this life. Yeah. That you have all the connections to all the successful versions right. of yourself. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. So there's a universe where you are the failure. Yeah. Like this is like the you, failures of failures yeah. universe that right now I'm talking to. Literally bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. But because you're that, you're somehow the most powerful version of yourself. Because you're con- you ha- you have diversions of the successful version of yourself yeah. connected to the failures of failures. Right. It's it was a really just yeah, good explanation again yeah. of the yeah. multiverse. And it's good how it's not you're not meeting up with a different version of yourself. Like in the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you have you can see Doctor Strange interact with another Doctor Strange. But in this movie, uh, you're just inhabiting the consciousness of a different version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the I guess I guess like some sort of paradox. I don't know. I don't the whole multiversal theory, there's some sort of paradox where if you meet yourself you kind of I don't Oh know, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But in any case, you don't have that and they explain it really well because you're just using the brain or the skills of that version of yourself. Yeah. And it flip flops between a bunch of that. Man, the editing. Gosh, I can't I can't get past how great the editing is. The fact that this man edited on a relic of a machine to do that, that's worth all the praise. That that's an art in and of itself. It's kinda it like is. when movies are now shot in film. Right. And and then they win because yeah. it's like Dude, you have to cut and snip and it's tough. Put it all together. That's it's like, hard, man. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a work of art. So um anything anything big? Anything mm. else big you want to talk about before we wrap up our time? I mean, again, there's a moment where Wayman comments on like be kind. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the same thing we talked about at the very top with banshees. Like being nice. They don't it has no backdrop of like why should we? Yeah. Be nice? Why do we need to be nice? Yeah. yeah. Like there's no backdrop of that. So it was like, that was something that I was like, says who, why should right. we be nice? And, the, and without, without Christian Christianity, it's like, you don't, you don't have an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's just, a lot of that when you're not movies. held accountable. Yeah, that's right. It's like, I've, I thought about that with almost every movie. It's like, if you, if you don't have God, you don't know the image of God. So then like, you don't treat humans like humans. Right. Because you don't have a right perspective of what it means to be a man. Yeah. And what it means to be held accountable for your actions and being kind. Yeah. So. What is life? What is the meaning of life? What yep. is the purpose? Why yep. is life precious? Right. All of that Christianity answers in no other worldview that yeah. we've come across yeah. can do that as perfectly yep. as the scriptures do. Yeah. So, we know what is good. We know what is evil. We can define those two things very clearly. So, amen. Yeah. So that was, that's again, another one that was missing. Um, and the other one that's missing on the same lines of nihilism and Ecclesiastes is Solomon, the preacher rat wraps up Ecclesiastes by in, in chapter 12, verse 13, by saying the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And that's, that's basically 
what she's uh, what the villain is missing yeah. in this film. So, amen. Yep. Good scripture to wrap up on. Yep. Let us know what you think about what you thought about all of these movies. Let us know if you watched any of them or if you're going to watch all of them after being spoiled. That's right. <laughs> after somewhat spoiled by all of them, but yeah, let us know and thank you so much for listening to this very lengthy talk about all these movies. We tried to condense these as best we could because it's a lot to talk about in the time that we have, but we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to walk and chew gum. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at yep. walk and chew pod with underscores in between. Or if you have a comment yeah. or anything like that, you can email us at walk and chew pod at gmail.com. And yeah, that's going to do it. My name is Chige. My name is James. And we'll see you next time. Next time. That's beat.